It's time to sit back, relax, and listen to Conversations with Joan. Conversations with Joan will inspire, motivate, and empower you. Live your best life now. Listen, learn, think, and decide. And now, here's your host, Joan Herman. Welcome to Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life's Conversations with Joan. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in. Conversations with Joan focuses on topics that are important to your life, from health and wellness to professional development to personal well-being. Changemakers join me to share their insights, tips, and strategies so you can thrive and live your best life now. Thank you for taking time for yourself, and thank you for letting us be a part of your life. Now, let's start talking. Do you have trouble staying motivated in your quest for transformation? According to today's guest, Jen Sincero, in order to achieve mental and emotional success, you have to develop a daily spiritual practice. Jen is an author, success coach, and motivational speaker. She is the creator of the Badass Book Series. Welcome, Jen. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. So, Jen, you know firsthand what it takes to transform a life as you had to do the hard work on your own. Tell us a little bit about what got you started on the journey of helping people to live an empowered life. I got started because I found such incredible results when I went through my own transformation and I truly believed that if I could do it, anybody could because I was so mired in my negative crap for so long. And once I made the decision to turn it around, uh, it actually worked. So I figured I had to share that information with as many people as I could. So Jen, what was your life like during that time? Well, I basically was in my 40s and I had a great life. Don't get me wrong, like very blessed to have the life I've had. But I was always incredibly, incredibly broke. And I just I just had this money story that was such a bore. And um, I found myself in my 40s living in a garage, making, you know, making hardly any money, really struggling. And, you know, not only, you know, it's no fun to be broke, but also just feeling like so down on myself and sad that, you know, this is the best I can do. It was just incredibly frustrating. And so I made the decision to not be that person anymore. And I started reading self-help books and going to coaching seminars and, you know, anything I could do to learn about money and learn about mindset, I did and um, started turning the ship around. Jen, do you think it's our story about money that keeps us stuck? I do. I think it all starts with mindset because every action you take is based on what you believe. So if you believe that money is evil or that you suck at making money or that the economy sucks, you're going to take very different actions than if you believe that uh, making money is fun and good and that you can do it because other people have done it. You know, you'll take very different actions if those are your beliefs all starts with what's going on in your mind. So somebody's listening to you right now, and maybe that person has a negative type of story around money, and, and that person's now saying, well, wait a minute, just changing my thoughts about money, how does that make me rich? Because it propels you to do different things and to look for different things. So if you believe that money is evil, then you will look for proof that that's true. And don't get me wrong, people do horrible things out of greed Mm-hmm. But money itself does awesome things every single solitary day for everybody, right? So 
if you want to prove that, you know, people are greedy and that people do horrible things for money, there is no end to the amount of proof you can find for that. But if you've decided that you are going to allow yourself to get rich and allow the possibility that money does wonderful things every day, then you will start to look for proof of that. So that's one way it changes. And then also, as I said, it changes your actions that you take, you know, if you believe it's wrong to make money, even if it's subconscious, you're you're not going to let yourself go out and do it. And I know a lot of people who, you know, I, I'm surrounded by really good people. And I know a lot of people who, who like to put good out in the world and they like to help others and they like to be in service. And most of those people have the belief that they really shouldn't be getting paid for that. Like it should be something they should mm. be doing because they're a good person. So how do you get around that? Why is that mutually exclusive? I just don't even understand that. (laughs) Because we've made money wrong, right? Yeah. Because if you question that belief, so if I'm helping people, I should not get paid for that. It's a complete devalue of yourself and the work that you put out. To that point, I think one of the, the greatest gifts in life is to be able to earn a living doing something positive. I don't think there's anything better than that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And listen, I am a fan of doing things pro bono and charity work and all that stuff. But I am not a fan of devaluing what your gift is to the world and, and, you know, being exhausted all the time and working yourself to the bone because you either refuse to charge or charge so little that you're constantly stressing out. So allow the abundance in, allow yourself to take care of yourself, and then you can take care of a lot more people. So we're talking about the importance of a mindset shift. And, you know, to this point, we've been talking a little bit in generalities, but if somebody wants to actually do this, what's a strategy that Mm -hmm. that person can implement right now that can make a difference in his or her life? First, making the decision to change. I can't stress how important that is. It sounds so simple and stupid, but because when you make the decision to make the change, when all of your, um, defenses come up and all your reasons why not come up. If you've made that decision, you're like, okay, I see you and I'm still going to make the change. So the decision is key. Start reading self-help books. Like, you know, there's no end to books out there by people who can walk you through this stuff so you don't have to figure it out on your own. And, you know, surround yourself with other people who are kicking butt, especially who are doing what you would like to be doing with their lives. Um, Who you surround yourself with greatly affects Uh, how you see the world and what you believe, you know, get a mentor, you know, take, take whatever actions you can take to, to turn it around. Don't just keep doing the same stuff and sort of hope that things are going to change. Many people settle for less than what they're capable of achieving because they have this fear of the unknown. They're, they're afraid to change something because they don't know what would happen. And there are all those what ifs. How were you able to face your fears and transform everything about your life? I got very wrapped up in my results. I I really spent time focusing on the specifics of what the change, what the changes would look like. And so I got really excited about it. So as I said, my big struggle was around money. So I got very excited about the feeling of ease and freedom that having money would bring into my life and all of the wonderful things that I could do once I had some money. So it was an emotional thing. And I think it's really important to stay attached to the emotions of the change that you seek to make in your life. And you get attached to the emotions by getting very clear on the specifics of what it's going to look like. So in the process of 
visualizing and imagining what you'd be going through when you achieve what it is you want. That's what keeps you motivated in the downtime. Exactly. And it's what will help you push through the terror of doing all the new things and the unknown things that you're going to have to do if you want to make change. Jen, in your book, you write about low vibe phrases. What is a low vibe phrase? And can you give us some examples? Yeah, you know, well, first of all, complaints are low vibe phrases. So Mm -hmm. for me, it was always I can't afford it. Um, You know, slamming rich people every chance I got. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) Talking about how hard it was to make money. You know, those, you know, look at what's coming out of your mouth, especially around the thing that you say that you want to change. That's huge. Um, And it's also a great compass to help you realize, okay, these are the beliefs I've got and they're not helping me. What could I possibly shift my focus to that would help me out of this rut. So um, we all have our own specific low vibe phrases, but also the word want and try and um, can't, you know, really look out for those phrases and shift them to more powerful ones like I am, I love, I can. Little things like that, they all carry energy. So paying attention is very important. And in addition to that, you say that we need to create a spiritual gym. What does a spiritual Mm -hmm. gym include? It's basically um, all these, this, a practice that gets you, that keeps you strong because motivation and tenacity and belief systems are all muscles that we need to strengthen. And so if you're living in a certain quote unquote reality and you're surrounded by people who have certain belief systems and you've been living an entire life with certain belief systems and you desire to change them, you have to strengthen those muscles. So a spiritual gym practice, as I call it, is reading the self-help books. And this is something you do every single damn day because just like when you get into shape physically, you got to keep showing up to keep strengthening and stay in shape. So Find a self-help book that is really helpful and figure out how much are you going to read it five minutes a day, 10 minutes a day? When are you going to read it? Are you meditating? When are you going to do that? For how long and where? Um, what music are you listening to? Stuff that lifts you up or makes you want to split your wrists. Who are you hanging out with? Do you have a mastermind partner? Do you have a coach? You know, do you exercise? What, what is it that energizes you? And you've got to put a specific practice together and you have to do it every single day. And I'm talking even 10 minutes a day can make a huge difference in your life. And everything you're talking about, you know, it, it requires taking ownership of your life. It requires putting the effort in and the time in, and it requires eliminating all of the excuses that we tell ourselves for the reasons why we can't do the things that you're suggesting we do. Mm-hmm. And that's why this whole thing of staying attached to the vision of the result is critical because those excuses have been around a long time and they've served us very well to keep us exactly where we are. And a lot of them are very justifiable, right? Like it's very responsible to do what we're doing. We're doing the safe, smart thing. Meanwhile, going for your dreams can seem crazy and irresponsible and whatever. So you've got to really hold fast to the feeling of excitement around your desired results because those excuses will come in so fast and knock you down if you don't. You know, I'm, I'm listening to you and I was, for 43 years of my life, I was one of those people who played it safe, who was in her comfort zone, who made excuses and, and really believed all of the things I told myself why mm-hmm. I couldn't do something. And it took a complete upheaval of my life for me mm-hmm. to learn that everything you're saying 
it's absolutely true because I've done it all. And that is when Mm. you see transformation. It's when you get to know who you are. It's when you come into your power and you really can make things happen if you push those excuses aside and do the work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But we love to cling to them because it's safe and known and familiar. Meanwhile, we got one shot at life on planet Earth and you know, and, and I don't, and I don't believe that everybody has to make a million dollars and get their own television show, you know, right. whatever lights up your heart. That's what we're talking about. And exactly. that's all that matters. And, and just really starting to live your life and, and, and stop staying what I say in the waiting room of, of your life, waiting for something mm-hmm. to happen, to go out and right. make it happen. Right. So you say that we should learn how to let feelings take over for logic in guiding some of our decisions. And most people do the opposite of that. So explain to us Mm -hmm. what you mean about letting feelings take over for logic. I think they're both very important. I'm a fan of the brain and the logic and education and all that stuff. But my point with that is we do it at the cost of our intuition and our emotion because we value the brain and logical thinking in our society. So I'm hoping people will embrace this other incredibly powerful side of ourselves that we discredit. You know, the gut, how many times have we said, I should have listened to my gut? So practicing, we've got, we've got the logical side down for the most part. I'm hoping people are going to learn how to strengthen their relationship with their intuition mm-hmm. because that's the connection to the heart that we were just talking about. And that's the part of us that we tend to push aside. I I believe most of us know what's right for us, but we don't pay attention to it. Exactly. And there are no excuses in that side of ourselves, right? The logical brain has lots of excuses and lots of experience on why it's not going to work and all that stuff. But our intuition doesn't have any of that. So that's why it's so powerful. And sometimes it goes against logic. Exactly. Most of the time it does. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jen, a few moments ago, we were talking about complaints and excuses that people use. And I forgot to ask you this. Is it a good practice for us when, when we have all of these excuses to figure out a way to transform them into motivation that can enable us to take action? Yeah, our excuses are our best buddies. When, when you make that decision to change your life, you have an excellent place to start by listening to what comes out of your mouth and being like, oh, you know, because it's all about specifics. So for me, the phrase that came out of my mouth on a, you know, every 15 minutes was I can't afford it back in the day. And I was like, all right, I am sick of having that be my truth. So that I, I forced myself to shift every time I wanted to say I can't afford it. I made myself say money flows to me easily and freely, even though, you know, I had a lifetime of proof that it didn't. And I was living in a garage. That was the reality I chose. And so even though I didn't quote unquote, believe it right away, it made me feel really excited. And it was something I, I desired. So I started um, clinging to that instead. And it shifted everything for me. It really did. Where did you get the idea for the badass series? I, um, you know, when I made the decision to start changing my life, I started reading every single self-help book under the sun. And I was extremely snarky about self-help and anything woo-woo. And it, I was too cool for school. And mm-hmm. But I was desperate. 
so I did, you know, got out of my comfort zone and read them. And I, I mean, there was such incredible information, so many brilliant teachers, but I was like, where's the funny stuff? Where's the curse words? And, um, I basically wanted to, cause I'm a writer first. So I was like, well, I'm a writer and I'm reading these great books and I feel like I could write something in my own voice that would reach a whole new group of people who are snarky like I am. And also who would just say this stuff in a different way because, you know, we hear the same stuff over and over and over. And then all of a sudden we have this aha moment because somebody maybe says it in a way that we can finally hear it. So that was my hope for this book, these books. So you're teaching us how to become a badass. If you could describe that person, what does a badass look like? A badass is somebody who gives themselves permission to be, do, and have whatever lights up their hearts. The book is You're a Badass Every Day, How to Keep Your Motivation Strong, Your Vibe High, and Your Quest for Transformation Unstoppable. If you'd like to learn more about Jen and her work, you can visit jensincero.com. Jen, thank you so much for joining us and for providing ways that we can learn how to stay motivated in our quest for whatever it is we desire. I love your definition of a badass, and I certainly am going to aspire to be one. So thanks for being here. (laughs) I think you already are. But thank you for having me. This is Conversations with Joan. Until next time, thanks for tuning in.